We've got official numbers for the Cincinnati Bengals rookies, some of whom have signed contracts and takeaways from rookie minicamp. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Rookie minicamp is in the books and we're going to spend some time on the Bengals rookie class today. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We're the Lockdown Bengals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Coverage of your team every day. You can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you do, that just makes it easier to become an everydayer and check out this show every day where we will have you covered throughout the offseason leading up to the regular season which will be here before you know it. You can also become a first listener and join the First Listen Club with the many other Bengals fans who make us their first listen every day, and we appreciate all of you who do already. James, let's get in to rookie minicamp, and there are some contracts signed very early in the process for the Bengals to get a first-round pick signed. Maybe the earliest that I can remember, Miles Murphy signing his contract on Friday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was the earliest, and I think Andre Perota was the one that, that tweeted it, but it, it felt like the earliest, the earliest since the, the rookie wage scale came into mm. effect. And they didn't get them done early before that. So it's probably the earliest maybe ever that they were able to get it done. And uh, I, I know we're going to dive into these guys a bit, but I'll say this. You just see Miles Murphy, you're like, oh, certainly looks the part, moves well. And uh, it's not like he was going up against – Orlando Brown Jr. or someone like that on, on Friday, but uh, it was good to see. He, he certainly looks the part of a first-round pick, so it was good to see him get locked up. I had just left the stadium on Friday when, when that was reported by Tom Pelissero, and then obviously the Bengals have announced it since, so it's uh, good to see, see them get it done and good for him. The rookies were, of course, down in the bubble on Friday, James, and maybe we start there? Indoor practice facility. Not a bubble. We're not supposed to call it the bubble. Is that is that a bad? Did, did we do a faux pas? We didn't do anything. We, we are the, the Locked On Bengals podcast. <laughs> You're responsible <laughs> for what I said. <laughs> we didn't do anything. But yes, I was in the indoor practice facility on Friday. And what were? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, man. Let, let's, uh, yeah. No, it, look. It was good to see the guys get out there and, and do some stuff. Are there major takeaways? There aren't major takeaways. So I don't want to to hype it up to be something that it wasn't. But let's start with Miles Murphy. He looks like a first-round defensive end. He certainly carried himself like it. He moved like one. And Marion Hobby spent about, I would say, 45 minutes or so um, with him and talking with him. And uh, yeah, you just hope that, that he can obviously perform like one, but looks the part to me, looks uh, the part to me. And uh, just looking here, he also worked with, um, uh, see, I'm going to butcher this name, Tatala Pesafia, something like that. Either way, kid out of Arizona State, another rookie, but it was those two guys. So Hobby, basically got to pay attention to two guys, one of which was a first rounder, the other an undrafted guy. The point is, is Miles Murphy got plenty of work in 
with Marion Hobby. And that's what you like to see. That's the benefit of a rookie minicamp, even if it is limited and it's not what it once was. Miles Murphy got good work in with his coach. And, and there are some other takeaways, but I'll get your reaction to that that initially. Yeah, I mean, all the rookies got to meet with the media, of course, right? Like, that's part of the whole thing. But in terms of on-field stuff, what you're just talking about, getting that hands-on work, even if it's only an hour, and and the whole rookie mini-camp experience is somewhat limited. And, and that's why I mentioned the meeting with the media in the locker room, because that's the first time in person for these guys to meet with the media for the most part. And a lot of the draft picks spent time with small huddles. I would say relatively small huddles, right, around their lockers in the locker room. But... On the Miles Murphy note, just getting a few of those technique pointers right away. You can see it. I think it was a video you posted, James, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A long time ago. Hard to remember. But there's a video you posted where you saw Javi giving Miles Murphy some some just a couple pointers in terms of getting the line in, in a better way. And so with Murphy and all of his athletic gifts, getting some of that refinement going early, starting to plant that seed early, and obviously they're going to get a lot of work here over the next month as the off-season program continues. But getting a little bit of one-on-one attention makes it a little bit easier to focus for Marion Hobby and and get that kind of private session kind of feel, right? And, and you don't often get that at the NFL level, even if it is only for an hour. Yep, I totally agree. So it's certainly beneficial there. And then the other guy, and he was on the other side, but – I think people know how excited I am that the Bengals added a guy that can contribute in that wide receiver room, even if it is a stacked, deep wide receiver room. Charlie Jones, I think he's this plug-and-play plug type dude. You plug and play. And he, I, I got to talk to him afterwards. First, let, let's talk about the field, on the field. He, very crisp route runner, good hands, made a really nice catch on the sideline where I don't know how many guys make it, but it was a it was a bad ball, to be quite honest. And he was able to basically make a shoestring grab where he was still able to to keep his feet down and inbounds. And I checked the replay to make sure because I was recording at the time. And, and so you're running on air, but it, it was good to see. And I, I think that Joe Burrow is going to like him. It's not going to take long next week, when they well this week when they uh, when they get on that practice field. And, and can start to get to work before Burroughs. Like, oh, yeah, I like this Charlie Jones kid. And I, I asked him, Jake, about punt returning too because he was talking about his mindset and, and all of those things. And the punt returning aspect, he had like the perfect mindset or mentality. And I, th- I think it's something fans are really going to embrace. First thing he said was how confident he was. He said, cool, I'm confident back there. But then he, he talked about his preparation, how he wants to be aggressive, but he doesn't want to be dumb, essentially, and do something dumb back there. And it sounds like cliche, but he did it in college, and he was able to have that balance. And I think you need that balance as a punt returner. And so he's pretty even-keeled, and I know he's older than T. Higgins by a little bit, older than Jamar Chase, but that could benefit him as he tries to, to compete with Trent Taylor for that starting punt returner job. Feels like a competition he can win. Fourth round pick, going to make the team, competes with Trent Taylor for a roster spot directly at the wide receiver position. Can can return kicks as well, right? Like can do both. Mm-hmm. 
You would yeah, think he, he, he has a he leg up there kicks. in that competition, right? I mean, fourth round rookie versus a, a reliable veteran who the Bengals have stuck with for a couple of years, yes, but that's a relatively big investment. Like he's he's gonna make the team hundred percent. So where does that leave Trent Taylor? That that's a difficult conversation that we probably will need to evaluate in quite a while. But on the topic of rookie minicamp, James, some defensive guys we haven't talked about yet can talk about the, uh, you know, the, the, the normal spring observations of how these guys look. You know, Miles Murphy looks like an NFL-ready NFL body to play on the defensive line. I think you can say the same thing for Jordan Battle. We can talk about some of these defensive guys, some of these other picks, and we got rookie numbers to talk about, James. And we should hit on some of the other uh, college free agents, some of the undrafted guys who were in attendance on Friday as well. So we'll continue the conversation on Rookie Minicamp coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And right now, you need to get in on the action with the conference finals. The NBA conference finals are here New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to wager on all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com slash locked on to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk about Jordan Battle for a second. I know he's a third-round pick, and if you're going to start on defense, I mean, we talked about Miles Murphy. We're skipping DJ Turner. We'll get to DJ Turner. Lots of DJs around, and, and that was one of the noteworthy things that we'll talk about with DJ Turner and his pretty cool name that probably by now a lot of Bengals fans know about, but we'll get to that. Jordan Battle, man, that guy has the lower body you're looking for. In an NFL player. He's not the kind of guy that looks like he's going to get run through. Some powerful, powerful looking features in that lower body for Jordan Bell. I mean, NFL strength in the legs, would you say? Looks looks pretty good to me. No doubt. It looks like a linebacker. I mean, it's, it's thick. It, mm-hmm. it, it, and, you know, when you talk about instant contributors, and you've mentioned this about him, if you're talking about a guy who physically has it, and it certainly looked that way, like size looked like it moved well during some of these drills and has the intelligence, that's the part that everyone's raved about, intelligence, intent, intangibles, all of those things. Man, I, I think he fits really well with what they're trying to do. Obviously comes from an Alabama program that's used to winning, and that's something I talked with him about on Friday, and he's like, yeah, the, the first thing I thought of was – Cincinnati, that's a winning team. That's a winning organization, winning culture. And one, what a 180 it's been in in how quickly it changed because that was not the case when Jordan Battle was a young player at Alabama. But he stays for four years and you look up and and the Bengals are one of those teams and and he just adds to it. So I agree with you. I was one of the surprises from Friday to me was that, was Jordan Battle, how thick he was, his – his trunk, so to speak, was – it was one of those things like when I first saw Joe Mixon, I felt that way. He was bigger than I expected. 
when I first saw Jamar Chase's legs, I was like, man, he doesn't look like a receiver. He he looks like a running back legs wise. And, and so if I had to say battle, I, again, I would say like a thick linebacker, but that doesn't mean he doesn't move well because he's, he's got those safety traits and it's not like he runs a four, eight, you're in a four five, five and obviously has great instincts and, and plays plays fast. So yeah, I, uh, I would not be shocked if he contributes, no doubt. And DJ Turner, the Bengals' second-round pick, obviously also present. Dan Horde tweeting about the name. A lot of DJs. DJ Reader, DJ Ivy, DJ Turner. DJ Turner's first name, his given name, is Juan Drago. Mm -hmm. Says he expects his teammates to call him Juan Drago or simply Drago, which... That's pretty cool, man. I mean, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. John Sheeran was on this back when he was uh, – back when the draft happened, when when DJ Turner was a pick. And maybe we haven't given this enough attention. But uh, I, I'm in favor of Drago, Drago Turner, cornerback Cincinnati Bengals. What do you think? I mean, we're talking about nicknames. This is his actual name. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Right. I, if, if he goes with that, that man might lead the NFL in interceptions. That, right. That's the type of, of name that does that. And uh, yeah, I think, um, by the way, we mentioned Miles Murphy, just uh, since we're talking about Drago. Congrats to all of Drago. Yeah, let's just start calling him that and not DJ Turner. Even though DJ Turner is a really cool cornerback name, but Drago is, uh, is unique. Congrats to all the guys for signing and getting their rookie deals done and, and shout out to the organization for that. I know we mentioned miles Murphy, but they're all done. And so I just didn't want to forget that. That said, yeah, I think Drago is uh best cornerback name in sports. Juan Drago is even better to me, but either way, that's uh that's a pretty cool nickname. So, or pretty cool name, not nickname. And, and so whether he goes by DJ or not, I, I think that that's cool. That said, DJ Reader's DJ Reader and DJ Ivy, we'll see. We'll see if, you know, he's, he's going to have to make the team first, right, or, or stick to, on the practice squad. So DJ Turner might just end up being DJ Turner, although I like the idea of a Drago. And, by the way, you want to talk about speed, certainly looks the part. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to Lou Anarumo. He, he came up to me, or he called me over at the start of rookie minicamp. And he was like, on draft night, you asked me about DJ's length. And I must have misspoke because it's not like he has bad length and he wanted to clarify, like he's got fine length. And I was like, yeah, I, I should have said size. And he was like, yeah, you, you probably should have said size. He's going to be just fine. And he winked at me. So Lou Anarumo, very excited about DJ Turner. I don't even remember asking about length. I'm sure I did. He remembers it more than I do. The draft is a blur, but uh, there you go. Fun little, fun little side note. You got to love those little camp stories. That's why we have you on the ground there, James, here at Locked On Bengals, where, our work is joint and I'm responsible for your work on this show and you're responsible. Oh for yeah. It's a, it's a throwback. Get it. We're, we're calling oh, back I, to the... I get it. <laughs> you know what I like? Bubble gum. I don't think I get that one. Bubble gum. It's a very bad joke. All right. Let's no? uh, you didn't I, get I, that? I still don't get it. No, it's still over my head. I'm getting wish. bubble gum. Oh, bubble. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Brown, Andre Yosivash. Any any quick notes there before we talk about 
some of these numbers, Brad Robbins, DJ Ivy as well. I, yeah. I, I was impressed with Brad Robbins' locker room, but I figure we'll talk about the, the other offensive guys first. Yeah, let's talk about Chase Brown. Um, talking about looking the part, dude looks the part. I Look mean, quick. Quick, thick in the right places, but like lean, like strong, but lean at the same time. And if you see him, you'll know what I you know what I mean. Like it's not like there's any bad weight there. It's uh, he's gonna pack a punch, and I, and I think he has the right mindset. And that was my takeaway from really talking to all of them. And I didn't get to talk to every single draft pick, but got to talk with Brad Robbins, Chase Brown, uh, got to talk with uh, DJ Turner, Juan Drago, um, Charlie Jones. I- I'm missing one or two. Oh, um, Battle, talk with Battle too. They all seem to like have in their rookies. They should be saying the right things, right? but like the right mentality. And I think mm-hmm. Brown certainly has that. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans a few years ago mentioned doing the the mixing in, in that mm-hmm. jump cut drill. Well, that's uh, that's something that, that Chase Brown mentioned as well, said he, he grew up watching, not grew up, but, but watched mixing throughout his career, even dating back to Oklahoma. So I, I think that's cool. He mentioned that Joe Mixon has reached out to him. So uh, yeah, I, I, I really like the – the way Brown carries himself, and he certainly looks the part. Uh, as far as other uh, offensive players, Andre Yosevash, I thought he looked good. Now he's he should look good on air, right? But look good and is one of those crazy athletes. Isn't as physically imposing as some of these other guys that we talked about, but he's not going to be. He's a receiver. Charlie Jones isn't either. But uh, didn't look lost out there or anything like that. And, and the reason I... I preface it and say it that way is because a lot of people look at it and say, oh, well, you know, the, the Princeton kid, he, he's, he's got a lot of development to do. And I, I'm sure he does, but it's not like he looked out of place during workouts on Friday. Yeah, it's more football refinement for him where he was able to get by on his physical gifts at, at Princeton, right, where it's Ivy League. It's, it's not the highest level of competition in college football, but he is an Olympic-level athlete, and so – was able to get by on those traits. Was really impressed as well with Brad Robbins' locker room, talking about process over results, talking about all the different sports that he's played, which, you know, you hear about multi-sport athletes at quarterback a lot more than punter, but baseball, golf, all these different sports that Brad Robbins played, and the way that he's talking about incorporating those lessons into punting, the way that he's talking about his early back and forth with Darren Simmons about, you know, some of the small technique changes or mental tools that he wants to use in terms of the way he approaches punt punting came away pretty impressed with the way Brad Robbins talked about his craft at his locker. And that's encouraging for a guy that I think has a real leg up in that punter competition. Yeah. The way he analyzes it. Mm -hmm. And, and we've talked about this, but now this is our first firsthand account from him talking about dealing with, with weather and using it to his advantage, which I thought was pretty interesting and in how he drops the ball and in relating it to golf at one point, which Darren mm-hmm. Simmons has mentioned and in, in used like 82,000 golf golf references when describing punters and, and kickers and holding and all of those things and mentality and mindset. So I think he might be the perfect fit with Darren Simmons because they both seem to view the craft the same way. And he's a young guy, obviously Ohio guy from Columbus, made his way up to Michigan 
and, and comes to, to Cincinnati with a, a really cool mustache. I think he's got a fun personality and we'll see if he can be the next number 10 punter. He's got Kevin yeah. Huber's number. I just spoiled that, I guess, but to be great, we'll see. We'll talk about those numbers. Love how he was nerding out about punting. Anybody that watches this show knows that I love the nerdy stuff. And Nerd. so listening to Brad Robbins get nerdy about punting, talk about how he used to be a closer when he played baseball and, you know, the, the high uh, leverage there, used to that pressure and how that's going to translate to punting as well. Just a lot of really cool tidbits to take away from the Brad Robbins locker room huddle. I thought that was a, a pretty interesting set. And everybody knows that, you know, where I am on specialists, but I, I'm excited about Brad Robbins. Let's talk about some of these numbers, James. We have the full list of the Bengals draft picks assigned numbers or selected numbers. So we'll get into those numbers and some of these undrafted guys that were in attendance on Friday coming up next. Let's dive into the numbers. And the one we knew outside of the one I just spoiled with Brad Robbins is number 10 is Miles Murphy, number 99, knew that one signed, sealed, delivered. Of these, I, I think some... Some stand out the most more than others. So I'll just give you the ones that stand out. Charlie Jones, I think we kind of knew he was going to go with number 15. Certainly the one, you know, he played with at Purdue, but interesting because I think anytime someone sees that number, they still think of uh, the late Chris Henry. So interesting one there. DJ Turner, Drago Turner, Juan Drago Turner, DJ Turner the second. There's four different names we could give him. Wearing Eli Apple's number 20 could mean and likely does mean that Eli Apple do, doesn't play in Cincinnati this season. And, and then Chase Brown, number 30. I think that's an interesting one because it goes from Jesse Bates to uh, a running back and kind of switches roles there. But I think that's a, a pretty good number for a running back. So those are the a couple that stood out. Yeah, I mean, no, no bad numbers there. 99 for Miles Murphy. Got the same forward and back nature to it. Really big number. Like that number. DJ Turner, 20, great corner number. 27 for battle, great safety number. Last player to wear 15, by the way, as Charlie Jones is. Damian Willis, 2019. John Ross Wart in 2017, 2018. And Mario Alford in 2015. Not worn a ton, though, since Chris Henry had it from 2005 to 2009. So, uh going to knock the dust off of that one. It's the first time it's going to be worn since 2019 and Damian Willis. Good receiver number though. I, I like the the numbers in the, in the tens and the teens for wide receivers. Chase Brown getting a nice round 30. That's what he wore in college, I believe. Isn't it? Or was it three? Do I have that I No, I believe it was 30. Trying to double check on images. He wore number two in college. Oh, there All you right. go. All right. My bad. Big change. Can't wear number two in the pros, I don't think, and running back. Yeah, well, either way, that's uh, that one's taken. His brother was 30. at uh, mm. Sidney Brown was 30 at Illinois. That's what I was thinking of. So that's interesting. That uh, Andre. Yeah. A anyways, um, yeah, Brown camp because of, of Money Mac, Evan McPherson, who ran the, the half marathon, by the way, oh. half the flying pig. Congrats to him. Mm. Congrats on his wife to his wife who ran the full. You guys picked a heck of a marathon to run because, well, it poured on you. Either way, congrats to, to both of you for finishing. Anyway, you mentioned Andre Yosivash. What, what do you think about that number, 80? 80, I think. So people don't love the wide receiver numbers in the 80s anymore because they don't have to wear numbers in the 80s anymore, right? 
people seem to prefer the lower number. Like one is a great wide receiver number. Then mm-hmm. Jamar Chase wears five great wide receiver number that T wears. But I think three would be great too. Yeah, sure. But 80 is a good number, man. <laughs> Some of the best receivers to ever play the game were 80. There's great history on the number. on number Isaac, Isaac Bruce. Jerry Rice. Wait. Who? Is he 85? No. He was 80, Jerry Rice right? was 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry okay. Rice was 80. Yeah, T.O. was 85. Chris, Chris Collinsworth. T.O. was 81. He was 81? Yeah. Just outing Chad Johnson was 85. That's the only history. 85 you need to know about is Chad Johnson and Isaac Curtis. Just out of myself for not knowing my number of history. Um, that said, who have we not mentioned here? Jordan Battle, everyone had him going with number zero. And I guess that, that would be the letdown. No one picks zero. Yeah. But Jordan Battle goes with 27. DJ Ivy, 38. And I, I, I think that's all of them. I think we mentioned everybody else. So overall, big fan of the numbers. Wish there was a number zero. Um, Maybe there'll be a skill guy in next year's draft that can wear zero because I think that's that's a fun number. Like if if Brown wore zero, that'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. A dynamic offensive player wore zero, you know, that'd be. But but I could also see it being on a safety, a hard hitting safety. Jordan Battle, number zero, like yeah. So it fit, it fits a lot of different guys. So someone will. DJ, DJ or not DJ Turner, DJ Ivy getting thirty eight. Not my favorite number for a corner. If I was to be critical. Of something besides nobody getting zero. 38, not my favorite cornerback number. You know, 30s in general for corners. There's nothing too yeah. aesthetically pleasing about 38. Yeah, I I think of wasn't LaShawn Sims 38? He was. That's that's tough. That's a tough number. I'm not gonna lie. Because that was a yeah. dark, a dark time. Let's see if there's any any other notable 38s here, real quick. In the Bengals' history, there aren't really. LaShawn Sims is probably the most notable 38 wow. in Bengals' history. The most notable? Yeah. It's not good. I mean, Javaris Davis Ward in 2022. Who? Right? Just, um, just kidding. I'm kidding. 1999 was the last time before LaShawn Sims. The 38 was worn in Cincinnati, according to Pro Football References database by a guy named uh, Michael Baznight. You remember him in 1999? I don't. Spell it. B-A-S-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah, I don't. I don't don't recall. He actually played in 13 games. Yeah. Had 62 carries for the 1999 Cincinnati Bengals. I found – so here we go, just because why not, story time. You know John Clayton, the old sports reporter Mm -hmm. for ESPN? Yep. An article from July 25th of that season, Baz Knight taking on big foes this season. It's in Georgetown, Kentucky, when the Bengals still had their training camp in Georgetown. And Michael Baz Knight hopes to fill uh, to be there to fill the gap if Corey Dillon doesn't report to camp. So I guess Corey Dillon was in the middle of a potential holdout as a rookie, and he went on to be great as a rookie. But yeah, that was... Uh, that was part of it. Or was this later? Let me check. The rest of these numbers, though, while you're checking, have at least some players in Bengals history that have been pretty good or productive players. So n- no bad numbers here for the top, si- the top six rounds of Bengals rookies, at least. 
Yeah. So this was this was not this this was when Corey Dilla might have been frustrated mm. with either contract talks or whatever. But yeah, because Akili Smith was on the team, so that was not Dylan's rookie year by any stretch. So right. it looks like it was ninety nine. There you go. Let's uh, hit some of these college free agents real quick before we get out of here. Anybody noteworthy that you want to call out who was there on Friday? Yeah, it was 99. That was the only year he played for them. Anyways, right. um, sorry, I'm going down this rabbit hole, and I want to make sure I, I finish it the right way. Um, college free agents, I, I would say this. Um, keep an eye on uh, Shedrick Jackson, kid out of Auburn, Bo Jackson's nephew, but more importantly, runs a four two seven. Looked fast to me, was wearing the number 12, which the last guy we saw where that was Puka Williams, certainly ahead of where Puka was uh, as an undrafted free agent. So we'll see there. And then the other guy, Jake, that kind of stood out a little bit, at least size-wise and was moving pretty well, and I wasn't paying a ton attention uh, of attention to the linebackers for obvious reasons. They didn't draft a linebacker, is Shaka Hayward out, out of Duke. So we'll see there, but those are two guys – that stood out. And then, then one more note, Christian Tra- uh, Trahan out of uh, Houston, the tight end was wearing 85, which is a bit, bit unique. Since we're talking about Jersey numbers, bit unique used to seeing T Higgins wear number five, uh, number 85. Obviously he's five now, but uh, that was another note that I, I thought was kind of interesting. Local kid, Mac Hippenhammer making any waves. I mean, what a name Miami wide receiver wearing number 19 out there. You notice him? I noticed him. Sure. Yeah, but the thing is, is with, with receivers, as long as you're running decent routes on air and you're catching the ball, you look pretty good. You know, it's in. So, yeah, I think uh, I think he was fine. Didn't stand out in a bad way, which is which is all you could say. All right. Well, rookie minicamp now behind us. These rookies will get together with the Bengals veterans for the first time, perhaps when you're listening to this episode of Locked On Bengals on Monday. Depends on when you listen. Maybe you're listening on Sunday night. Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're behind. You're catching up. But the overall vibe from Rookie Minicamp for me, James, one of the big takeaways, you know, especially with guys like Jordan Battle, talking about going from Alabama, coming to a winning organization, competing for Super Bowls, kind of goes hand-in-hand with our last episode. We were talking about the schedule release and kind of my attitude for this team this year, which is they are Super Bowl contenders. And... Despite the history of the 90s and of things going wrong in the Andy Dalton era and, you know, Carson Palmer never quite getting the Bengals over the hump and all these things, I think expectations should be high this year for this team. That's how players are coming into this locker room, describing it as still a special place. There are great mentors present for them. Great culture now exists underneath Zach Taylor and his coaching staff. And, And that's an exciting way to set the tone for the 2023 season. No doubt. No doubt about it. They just need to get their bubble gum in order mm-hmm. and, uh, and get to work. No, I, I think they added some good dudes. So we'll, we'll see who sticks. We'll see if any of these undrafted stick and uh, yeah, off season workouts. The vets are going to meet these rookies this week. No bubble gum allowed in the indoor practice facility is what I've learned today. James until next time on the lockdown Bengals podcast. Thanks for listening. Who day? And have a good one.